Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Pit Straight podcast, joined by myself, Jack, Alex, and Lewis today. And today we're going to be talking about the 2023 Hungarian Grand Prix and reviewing it. So let's get started. Um, first of all, guys, what I think we should start with is just overall thoughts on the race, uh, how we thought about it. Uh, first of all, so Alex, what did you think of the overall race uh, today? Or yesterday, sorry. Um, yeah, it, it was an odd one. So my excitement going into the race, watching it was, it was sky high. I was really looking forward to it after the qualifying session that we had. Um, yeah, I was really up for it. And then turn one, you're like, all right, Max is ahead. Um, oh, both Alpines are out. Okay, that's a big crash that shows stalled it okay that's a lot going on that's a lot to unpack um and then it sort of petered out i'll i'll use my big fact now hungary 2022 had 61 overtakes this year there was only 16 less than monaco which had 22 um which says it all really and i think most of those overtakes would have been perez um which is quite a bad stat to be honest you know um yeah it, it one of those i think the race started to get a bit more interesting towards the end when the Mercedes looked a lot quicker on the low fuel runs on those mediums. Yeah, if it wasn't for Perez cutting through the pack, I think it, it would have been one of the most boring races in, in a long, long time. So yeah, that, that's my thoughts on it. Yeah. Lewis, what about you? Yeah, I'm I'm very much in the same camp as that. I know sort of high expectations seeing seeing Max and Lewis next to each other on the front row thinking are we going to get a big repeat of what we saw all the way through 2021 with them two really not giving an inch I mean I mean I think Max did did run Lewis a little bit wide I think he could have given him a little bit more space than he did but he was never never going to be too kind to him but then sort of lap four Max is off into the distance and it was sort of just one of those everybody was either too far away to actually lunge an attack and then people didn't want to get too close because the the tires had burnt out and I think I think the the temperature on top of everything sort of didn't help the race but yeah it's for me it was one of the, one of the more duller ones that we've had so far this season yeah no no I think I think qualifying really hyped the race up uh really hyped the race up for me personally and then yeah that one and Term one was probably the most exciting it got um for me uh, personally. Um so yeah, that's your thoughts. What what did you think was uh Lewis, I'll come to you first on this one, your most memorable moment of just the race or anything that you that shone out to yourself? Well, I think the well there's two major things for me. I think obviously the Alpine crash and, and such a poor start for, for both Alpha and Males was a bit of a shock in terms of how the qualifying in comparison, but then when you look at last year, Bottas and Joe, the worst two drivers for for losing positions on on the lap one, I think that was sort of one moment where I was like, I was just so surprised to see them back in twelve and P sixteen. I know Joe had to sort of had his incident, but that was a that was a big shock just to see how poor they were. And then I was actually surprised to see Checo cut through the pack as well as he did to say it's a track that doesn't really have many overtakes and we sort of were umming and ahhing whether Perez was going to be able to get through and he sort of really proved a lot of people wrong to get himself back up like he did and I think it was it was a really good showing from Perez this weekend and it's exactly what, what he needed. 
Yeah, no, I understand that one. The the thing I would come back to on the uh, Alfa Romeo situation is the only, only reason Bottas had a bad start, he didn't have a bad start at all, but because he was directly behind Joe, he had to then swing onto the onto the grass, if I remember correctly, to get past him. Uh, so I don't think Bottas had the worst of starts. I think he was just unfortunate that he was directly behind his own teammate who did who did have that stall, uh, my, my personal opinion on that. Alex, what was your most memorable moment? Um, so there's two for me. Um, in the race, I believe it was Perez versus Hamilton. I thought, all right, Perez is just going to get through nice and easy here. Lewis won't put up much of a fight. But then they did. They did have a really good fight for, I think it was three laps. And Hamilton was stern defending. Perez was having to really work for that overtake. And when he did make the overtake, it was brilliant. So that, that was my most memorable in the race. But... A quick one from after the race was obviously Lando breaking Max's first place trophy with his signature celebration. I just thought that was quite a funny moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it was a good moment. Um, my most memorable moment was probably just the McLaren pace. Um, obviously, I think uh, someone predicted it for Norris to be the biggest loser and stuff. You, nobody, I don't think most people expected McLaren to be you know, uh, third and fourth on the grid, Lando to finish second, Oscar to uh, finish fifth. Um, So it was their pace, obviously, two completely different tracks, uh, Silverstone and Hungary. Uh, So their pace will have uh, really proven that they've got a really good race car now uh, that they can look up to until they get some uh, bigger upgrades uh, later on in the season. Um, So after going on to my little McLaren talk, what I wanted to discuss is could McLaren catch Ferrari? Um, obviously McLaren have been massive gain the last two to three races. Ferrari haven't. Uh, I wanted to put Aston Martin in it, but I, I just don't know. I think Aston Martin will still improve. Um, Alex, do you think McLaren can catch Ferrari? I think it's are they 80, 80 points directly behind them at the moment. Yeah, it's 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 eighty points. When you look at the last two races, is it? It must be just under sixty points McLaren have gained in in. In the past, I think it's I think it's fifty eight points they've got in the last two races. So, so you're really talking if it carries on, they they could catch them in let's say four or five races. And you look at that, and that that's crazy to think how bad they were at the start. I think Lando was putting in P sixteen, P seventeen the first four races of the season, then even a bit further on. So, I think they can catch them. Um, if it carries on the way it is, I think it will be difficult for McLaren to do it if Ferrari sort of get the game together. Um, but in all honesty, I, I do think they can do it. Lando's proving why he's a future world champion, why Ferrari, why Red Bull are looking at him for that next seat. And Oscar, it's he's not getting the credit that he deserves. He's a rookie and he's well on the way to potentially showing himself as the best rookie season since Hamilton or, or, well, Verstappen when he came into it as well. So you're looking at it like that and they've got two solid drivers there where the, the sky really is the limit for both of them. So if they can keep that car improving, could they both be winning races by the end of the year if Red Bull tail off a little bit? Who knows? And I, I hope they can do it. So, yeah, I think they can. Yeah. Um, Lewis? Yeah, I'm I'm massively in the camp as well. I'm I've I've grown. I know Jack, you're a massive fan of him, but over the over the course of this season, Oscar Piastri was a man who at the start of the season being an Alpine fan very frustrated me because we know how good he is and obviously deciding not to 
to sign with Alpine was a bit hard to hard to see, and obviously seeing how good a driver he is on track is that bit more frustrating. But the way that the last two races, you look at Piastri and he's he sort of got done in with the safety car at at the Silverstone, and there was no complaining, no moaning, just got on with the job, made sure he brought it home, and then this weekend again, sort of got outdone by Lando on that first pit stop, and then sort of didn't seem to have. It came across as though he didn't seem to have as much pace as Norris, but that might have just been because of tyre wear, etc. Just on different, potentially like fuel loads, they might have had a little bit more fuel in, I'm not sure. But with with that, I just think if they can keep going like they are doing, there's, again, the sky is the limit for them both. And I think McLaren, I think you can look at potentially them catching uh, Aston Martin because you look at Britain, British GP, six points for... Aston Martin signed uh, only Alonso getting their stroll, not even in the points. And then at Hungary, Alonso with two points, stroll with a point. Nine points across two races where McLaren are getting back-to-back second places and then they've had a fourth and a fifth. I really think going into, especially going into Spa, which is a, a track where I, I think Oscar said on the um, on the radio afterwards, he was like, we'll get him next week. I think McLaren are going to be confident that they've got a good car to go into next week and could we possibly see them challenging Red Bull if they get the get everything right into turn one we know how much things can change at Spa it'd be it's going to be an interesting one for next week but I really think that they're they're going to be past Ferrari in four or five races time and and hunting down Aston Martin every step of the way yeah no no I uh, I can see that um keeping on the McLaren theme uh, you mentioned it there Lewis uh, Oscar Piastri's strategy. Uh, obviously, Lando was third at the time. Oscar was second. Lewis Hamilton pit. The natural thing is yes to bring in Lando Norris to avoid the un- uh, um, undercut. But then, the and uh, but then obviously they brought Oscar in the next lap in, and then Lando actually got the un- undercut on um, Oscar. Do you think he was hard done by uh, Oscar Piastri there? Yeah, massively. I think. It was one of those situations where it was a must need for for them to do it because they did have to cover off a, a Mercedes that very clearly had a lot of pace as, as Lewis showed all weekend. But then at the same time, it's one of those frustrating things of Oscar could see it as he was first on track, but didn't get that upper hand of having that initial pit stop. Yeah. Um, which is frustrating. And But again, it's like I said, the professionalism of a rookie to come in and he's had no complaints he was just he he got on with his race. His engineer, when he was speaking to him, was sort of right now you can go for things, now you can push, sort of hold back. And he was he was responding so well to everything that I think he's really showing there's a lot of maturity on on a young driver's head. And I and I, I think that he has been hard done by in the last two races. And I'd love to see him up on the podium next weekend, just because I think he's the one driver that f- fully deserves to be on that on the podium at, at some point in the near future. Yeah, yeah. Um, so moving on to something that was probably some of the most entertaining um, communications through the race was Ferrari and both of the drivers. Um, I think the first thing we should talk about is um, Charles Leclerc's bad pit stop. Obviously, they're never going to be that championship winning team when they're making the same errors. Uh I think it was the was it the machine machine wheel nut gun 
um, that was the error for having a 9.8 second pit stop for uh, Charles there. What do you think is going on with that one? Do you think it was a late call, Alex, or just another Ferrari mm-hmm. you know, mistake? Yeah, looking at it, I mean, it is Ferrari all over, really. It's what we've come to get accustomed to recently, a Ferrari bad calls, and it did look like it was just an issue with the wheel gun. Um, but I'm going to compare that to the championship winning team, which is Red Bull. Um, and one of the stats I found interesting was Perez having that 1.9 second pit stop in Hungary has made Red Bull have the top six fastest pit stops in Formula One. You've got the Brazilian GP 2019, 1.82, Russian 2020, 1.86, Portuguese 2020, 1.86, German 2019, 1.88, and then the Spanish GP 2020, 1.9, along with 1.9 yesterday. So you compare that to Ferrari. Ferrari's pit stops are notoriously where they're having issues. Now, a 9.1 or 9.8 second pit stop, it it could have really, really hindered Leclerc's race. I know in the end it didn't matter too much. Um, however, he did get a five-second penalty later on for, for the second pit stop. But it it cost him time chasing the cars in front, potentially putting pressure on. And it, it, it's just one of those things that, like I said, we're all accustomed to it now. We know something's going to happen with Ferrari. That's where the entertainment is. And I'd hate to be a, a Ferrari fan at the minute there's no good news coming out of Ferrari. And it's just yeah. quite bleak at the minute. Mm. Now, Lewis, coming to you on this one. Obviously, start of the race... Um, Signs and uh, Leclerc on different tyre compounds, so a completely different strategy. And Signs is directly behind Leclerc, and this they don't let Signs pass on the soft tyres, even if it's for a couple of laps. Should they have let Signs pass? And did that hinder Signs race a little bit more and put him under that threat to Russell later on in the race? I think a hundred, a hundred percent. I think when you had, we knew that the soft tyres were going to go off quickly, especially with how. How quick all I think everybody's tires were going, even on the hards, you thinking they'll have a lot more grip. Was was really going off quickly. I think I don't understand why there wasn't just into turn one, let Carlos go because then, if Carlos is that much quicker, does he then bring himself into play with upsetting Mercedes's pit strategy because they wouldn't be expecting him? Would it be could they have got themselves in a position to sort of maybe? not necessarily be up there for raw pace in terms of finishing P3, P4, P5, but could they have sort of caused a problem between the, the teams at the front by throwing sights at everything? Yes, he would have had to come in for that early pit stop, but then would, they, would the other teams be thinking that, hang on, if he's that quick on the softs, how quick is he going to be on the mediums? And it, it could have second-guessed a lot of teams. But again, they just decided that whoever's got track position, that's... That's how it was, and it, Ferrari for me just again very very confusing on on the decisions that they've made three or four times this season, and especially the, the two, and then later on in the race when you're expecting Carlos to get out of the way for Leclerc because Leclerc was on much newer tyres and they didn't, and it was one of those that you couldn't follow close because your tyres are just overheat. It was really just a really strange 
strange one for me with Ferrari yet again. Yeah, no, it's a um, it is a it is a weird one because maybe if Sainz could have had them couple extra laps, he might have been able to chase the the pack ahead of him, therefore bringing himself and Leclerc maybe into the race later down the line. But obviously, it just it just hindered them. Uh, the final thing I want to keep on Ferrari is um, Carlos Sainz, the strategist. Lap fifteen, uh, he mentioned that he pit if uh, if he knew Perez was going to overtake him. He pitched straight away after, and Ferrari were just happy with it. You know, it's just a, a really odd one just to think about that Sainz is calling them shots. Yeah, it's great that you have to be, you see Lewis and Max, like uh, Max in Austria, for example, guys, I'm pitting, I'm pitting, I'm pitting, I want the fastest lap. But it seems like Sainz is doing this a lot for not a front-chasing car. Alex, we, we all joke that Ferrari's strategists are a bunch of clowns, but when the drivers are making calls like that and they just say copy, you know, it, it must be something that Fred Vassar still needs to look into, even though he did that recruitment at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a weird one, again, with Ferrari. Um, we've seen it a lot and we've seen it from both drivers, Charles and, and Carlos, um, making their own strategy calls, which sometimes that is the best, you know, the greats like Schumacher, like Hamilton, and, and like Verstappen as well, they, they do make their own calls. They do speak to the strategist saying, these tyres are good, can we extend, can we put it on this? Look, I'm not feeling these tyres. And they react to that. And we've seen a lot more recently, Charles has been giving it back to them, saying that the strategy is wrong, that he thinks they should be doing this with the tyres or to extend it. Carlos has been doing that a lot longer. But there's got to become a point now where the Fred Vasseur has got to get it right. He's got to look at Aston Martin, who are pinching all these strategists and, and different staff members from Red Bull, from Mercedes, from McLaren. All these teams around Ferrari are hiring staff from different teams, hiring them to replace the areas that aren't working or where they can be better. And that's something Ferrari who, let's face it, everyone knows who Ferrari are. Ferrari are the team in F1. If you're going to be a driver, you want to drive for Ferrari. But you're looking at the grid and drivers won't want to go to Ferrari because they know they're not going to win anything with how bad the strategy calls are. So that that's my thought. I think they need to have a deep dive, hire the people that can take them to the next step and and put some faith in the driver's calls as well. Mm, yeah, no I, no, I agree with you on that one. They need to really have a look and see if they can, you know, pinch a couple of people from the big teams. Because it does look like that's that's happening more where the Mercedes, the Red Bull guys, how many people are leaving Red Bull at the moment? You know, um, going to McLaren, Aston Martin and so on and so forth. Um, start of the race, obviously, you had the main... Guan Yuzhou, it was everything about Guan Yuzhou from qualifying onwards. Obviously, starting P5, done an amazing qualifying, his best, his best in F1, uh, I believe. Horrendous start, um, you know, for him. Uh, it wasn't wasn't nice to watch. Uh, you know, it, a bit of pressure on him there, maybe. Lewis, how do you, how how do you think it'll do for him mentally? Because what I was listening to, I like to listen to all the team radios after that they put on YouTube, and it just sounded like the engineer wasn't uh, for for Guan Yu. Um, wasn't best pleased for him. It was a bit of attitude, you know, what I could kind of tell. Like, 
Joe wanted to know what happened. Like he said, he'd lost power and, you know, did he, did he anti-stall? And his, his team, his boss, his engineer, sorry, was uh, kind of giving it back to him saying, we'll talk about it after, but not in the, you know, in a, a little bit of an abrupt way, which you wouldn't want to hear after a race when you've just made that mistake when points are so vital for them. Yeah, I think with him being still a, still a young driver in, in terms of it's only his second year, it's, I, I think it's going to be more of a frustration from the, from the, uh, from the team, I think they were they were looking at potential big points, especially with how quick they did look on pretty much all compounds this weekend. Especially when you looked at qualifying, they were always there or thereabouts in the in the top ten every time. Even I think did Joe? I think Joe was was he first in Q one? Yes, I think yeah, on a was, hard yeah. tire. It's like that just shows the pace that they did have, and I think on a weekend where they can really get some good points and and try and build a bit of a gap to Haas and Williams and. And really pull away from Alpha Tauri and get themselves away from that bottom place on, on sort of on in the constructors. It's it's something that I think there will have been frustration for the team at the start. I think probably afterwards they'll have had a conversation and things will have been sorted and the team will have sort of di- discussed everything, spoken about it, seen how things went. But I think at the time emotions run high, and I think that'll have been sheer frustration. I don't think they'll have had had many complaints from Joe this season. I think he's, to say he's not had a great car, this is the first weekend that we've really looked at the Alpha and gone, wow, this is looking quick. I know the first weekend we, we sort of went, oh, there's a bit of a surprise potentially here. But I think Joe's just solid races week in, week out. And I think if he did have a bit more of a car underneath him, he, he could possibly challenge quite quite a lot more. Yeah. yeah. Alex, any thoughts to what Lewis just said there about Joe and, and Alpha Romeo? Yeah, I mean... I, I do like Joe as a driver and he, he gained a lot of respect from me last year. I know he, he got criticised coming in saying he, he didn't deserve a seat, but then he showed why he did deserve a seat. Um, Bottas as well, we know there's a driver in there. So if they can extract the most out of this car, they, they should be getting points based on this weekend's car, the pace that they had. If, if, that, if that transpires into pace during a race, then they could be looking at nicking a few points and moving past Williams, moving past Haas and and climbing up there again. So I, I do like Joe as a driver. I think he's, he's made a mistake. Um, I think it wasn't nice what was supposedly said on the radio after. Um, and it's one of those drivers make mistakes. We've seen the very best make mis- uh, mistakes. Hamilton in Baku made a big mistake, which... Theoretically, you can look back and say cost him the title in 21. You can look at Max, he's made mistakes. Lando made a mistake in Russia 21. All the drivers make mistakes. This is just a mistake for Joe, who's only in his second year of F1. So it'd be incredibly, incredibly harsh to to, to rule him out of being a good driver just on one mistake. So I think there's a lot more to come from them. And if this is an indication of the car heading in the right direction... That's a great thing for the sport. Yeah. Um, on to a positive for me now. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo, um, qualified 13th, finished 13th. You think, uh, just a, a bog standard race. Um, but obviously hit in the first on the first turn by Joe that obviously caused the collision to the Alpine cars. Uh, had the pit. So it obviously differed his strategy. I believe he did 40 laps on the medium tyre as well. 
um, to the end, which is extremely impressive. What did you think of Danny Rick's weekend and, and race overall, Alex? Um, I mean, I said it was going to beat Perez in, uh, in Q3. Uh, it didn't quite. That was me being a bit optimistic. But I think it was a brilliant race from him. I honestly could have seen him scoring points, finishing in, in ninth or tenth, if he hadn't have been shunted in that turn one. I'm sure it picked up a bit of damage and it can't have been good for the car. So to finish 13th ahead of Snowder, who's been driving all season, it's it's a great result for him and hopefully he can kick on and hopefully he can score some points and you know put a bit of pressure on Perez because Perez has reacted brilliantly to the pressure from Ricardo with that result. And yeah, I'm, I'm really happy to have Danny Rick back on the grid and happy to be driving again. So yeah, great result for him. Awesome. And Lewis, any any thoughts on the Danny Rick situation? Yeah, just the exact same. I think it's just good to see him back in the car and to say that he's not been in a car for for how was it been eleven races we've had and he's sort of jumped in, done the testing for for the Red Bull and then he's jumped in the team, jumped into the team at Alpha Tauri and he's he's looked confident and he's out out qualified his teammate who is the biggest person that you can compare them to, um, and then to go and get get the recovery drive that he got to put himself into that good position is is really, really good. I think it's it's going to be a lot for him for him to come. Hopefully there's some upgrades to come for the Alpha Tauri team. And we could possibly see Danny Rick back in the points. And I think everybody's dream by the end of the season is if by some miracle we could see an Alpha Tauri on the podium just just to see yeah. that shoey from Danny Danny Rick. Yeah, 100%. Um, so that brings to the end all the talking points uh, just to go through our race predictions obviously we, we'll be setting a leaderboard and I believe there's a punishment at the end of the season now I'm happy with my start and everything so let's go through them um, for the biggest surprise Alex do you remember who you went with? yeah I had Lance um, he scored a point and to me after Silverstone that is a biggest surprise well, it's not good enough, so I'm not taking a point on that one. No, I don't, I don't think that's good enough. Uh, I put my biggest surprise was Yuki. I thought he'd out-qualify and potentially score points. With all the hype of uh, Danny Rick coming back, I thought he'd just shut all the haters up straight away and just score a point. Lewis, do you remember your biggest surprise? Yes, I had Logan Sargent to score points. And the moment I saw him retiring in the on the on the last lap, sort of put put dampness on the, <laughs> on the hopes for Logan Sargent. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Chester, Alex, can you, who? What did Chester? Yeah, have? Chester went for a Mercedes double podium. Now, it was close. Um, it was close, but no, unfortunately, uh, no, close down to Gar. Um, biggest loser now. Um, I put has double DNF. Kevin Magnussen probably could have double DNF. He came last basically with uh, uh, Logan retiring and Hulkenberg finished fourteenth. Um, obviously started 10th. Alex, you put... McLaren, McLaren. Uh, yeah. Didn't believe in the car this weekend. Didn't think it was going to be suited. How wrong I was, and I'm really pleased to be proved wrong on that one. Yeah. Um, Lewis, you put... Uh, Lewis? Yeah, I uh, I tried my best and thought this was the weekend that, that Max was finally going to be dethroned. And when I saw that Lewis and Max were next to each other on the front row, I thought, this is it contact into turn one this is the this is the point in the bag and then two laps in and he's five seconds clear and I realised that 
he's probably not gonna have any issues and, and away he goes. Yeah. Yeah. Chester yeah. had yeah. Ferrari. I'm not gonna give him a point for that. No, I think, I think if it, it would have been one of them without the points, I'd say probably. Um yeah. with with the mistakes they made this weekend. Um yeah. but yeah. Pole position, I might as well keep this one uh, quick. You, uh, Everybody had Max, apart from myself, who had George Russell, and the less said the better about his qualifying, but great comeback drive. And I'm extremely surprised they didn't win driver of the day. Yes, Perez got driver of the day, started ninth, finished third, which is great, but he's in a Red Bull, and his teammate's 30 seconds plus down the road. Uh, George started 18th and, and finished sixth. Um, so I, I thought uh, George Russell was probably my driver of the day. Um, yeah, I, I would agree good. with you there, Jack. I, yeah. I, would, I would have had him as driver of the day. I thought it was a fantastic drive from him. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, you know, I think it's easy in a Red Bull compared to the. Yeah, yes, the Merc is the bet, a, a really good car, but Max is still 30 seconds down the road. Um, Going on to the podium now. Uh, Alex, who did you have in P3? Um, so I'll I'll breeze through these. Um, I had Alonso, uh, nowhere near. Jack, you had Hamilton, um, close. Perhaps if there was five laps more, you and Chester would have been getting a point for that. And uh, Lewis, I, we all know who you had, um, Esty Besty, not for the podium. In fact, I don't think he was that close to the podium actually. It, you know, oh. he, he was quite close to it after lap one. You know when he was retiring the car, but yeah, and had to walk back. <laughs> so yeah, yeah well, not, he, not sad, sadly there was no walking back. He he rushed to the medical rooms from <laughs> from. A crazy his seat snapping in half from yeah. from that collision, which was quite interesting to hear that 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 can actually happen in one of the F one cars without. Yeah, we 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 do hope he's okay and look forward to seeing him at Spa next week or this week. P two, P two, no points again. I had Max, Jack, you had Fernando, and then uh, Lewis and Chester had George. So. No points on that one again. Not not a great start. But for P1, first yeah. points of the season for myself and Chester. Uh, we both had Max. Uh, Lewis, you had Fernando. I think you were on the Fernando hype train. How, how wrong I, I was. And yeah, Alex, you had Hamilton. Yeah, I was feeling yeah. confident after him somehow putting it pole position, but he had an awful start and yeah, it didn't get much better. That Mercedes looks way off in terms yeah. of race pace. And the random prediction that we all had, Alex, you had, uh, who did, what did you have as your random prediction? I think you mentioned it earlier. Yeah, I had Ricardo to out qualify Checo. I mean, it was quite close, but not close enough. So I can't mm. take a point for that. And Jack comes straight into the lead with his random prediction of Perez to make it into Q3, which he did. Come on, really happy with it, um, Lewis. Do you remember? Yeah, you... I, I was, I was sort of semi thinking I was going to get another point when when I saw Joe hitting into the back of Danny Rick because I had a had a feeling he wasn't going to finish and it was going to be a horrible start to his his career back in F one. But thankfully, he did. But yeah, I had a Danny Rick DNF, and I know Chester. I think had Danny Rick for points, so we both sort of. Lost out on on Danny Rick there. Yeah, it was quite an interesting one, wasn't it? Then, so overall thoughts on the race, nice and quick to sum up. It wasn't great. I think qualifying was the highlight, and then a bit of a letdown in the race. But let's bring on Spa. Yeah, sprint weekend. Um, 
yeah, that brings an end to the um that brings an end to the uh the podcast, everyone. Um I hope you all enjoyed it. Um Lewis, any any final words or Alex? Yeah. So um just a thank you to everyone who's listening. Um we're really enjoying the podcasts at the moment. We've just set up a, a Twitter page which is at Pit Straight Pod. Um so go over, give us a follow on Twitter for some more F1 news gossip and our thoughts and opinions on there we will be back tomorrow with our driver ratings um of the hungarian grand prix and then back on thursday for our predictions for the the spa grand prix which we all love the famous circuit is going to be hopefully a great race so yeah thank you all for listening and uh, we'll see you soon